On this week's brand new Compete Everyday podcast episode, Scott Saver and I discuss how you can be an uncommon competitor in 2020. What's up, competitors? Welcome back to the Compete Everyday Podcast. My name's Jake Thompson. I'm excited to get to hang out with you today. As we are in the second week of January, we are kicking off the new year strong. As you can tell, we've got multiple podcast episodes dropping every week to help you level up your game this year. On Wednesdays, you'll find interviews with guests around leadership, career development, mindset, mental toughness. And then on Fridays, you're going to find some additional content, short, sweet episodes to either give you a kick in the butt, give you a pull up, or help you stay motivated to win your work, your workouts, and your life this year. If you haven't yet, be sure to check out CompeteEveryday.com and learn about our 2020 club this year. It's the one way you can stay motivated, stay focused all year long as you will receive a brand new shirt, sticker, and wristband throughout the year. We have brand new designs, brand new items dropping every single month this year, and so you will be the first one to receive it, as well as you will receive a secret release that we do not drop to the public. So if that sounds like something you need, if that sounds like something someone in your life needs to stay motivated, stay constantly encouraged all year long, go to CompeteEveryday.com, check out the 2020 Club, and get signed up. As always, to drop me a note, give us feedback on the show, make a suggestion, or just say hi, shoot us an email to podcast at CompeteEveryday.com. And if you haven't been to the website lately, check out CompeteEveryday.com. We've just updated all of our sites, and so podcast.competeeveryday.com has gotten a facelift with all of our podcast shows and all of the episodes right in one place for you. Speak.competeeveryday.com has all of the leadership, sales, and productivity workshops I host in companies and with associations all over the country. I'm excited this month as I have events in Dallas, Detroit, Michigan, Ohio, Uh, and so I'm going to start traveling around speaking and hopefully can come to your company, speak to your team, and help y'all learn to compete every day this year. Now, let's dive into the show. Let's welcome to the show the author of The Uncommon Competitor and 30 Day Contracts as Scott Saver tells us how we can stand out, level up, and make 2020 our best year yet. Scott, welcome to the show today. Hey, excited. Compete Everyday Podcast. Let's go, sir. Man, the uncommon competitor. This is going to be fun. Uh, I've been a fan of, of your work, and as I shared off air, I've been had the chance to follow you on Twitter uh, for a little while now and, and love what you're about in terms of leadership, in terms of honestly competing every day. Uh, and so before we dive into some conversation on leadership, I'd love to help just our listeners learn a little bit more about you because you have a on your website it's a very interesting bio and from a work experience you've had your hands in in a number of things from the mental and the physical side of sports uh so tell us before we dive into that what do you do today who are you scott uh and how would our, our listeners get to know you best jake thanks so much for asking very fortunate here's the reader's digest version uh i'm labeled a performance coach right now and keynote speaker uh Obviously, my business is Uncommon Competitor, and I work with individuals, teams, and companies, uh, helping them build leaders, not followers. I I just think there's a severe shortage in that space, and I'm very fortunate to have a very diverse day working from, you know, doing 30-day very, very intense coaching to executives, uh, parents, business owners, 
uh, all over the gamut and then uh, do some keynote speaking too. Thanks for listening. Dude. Yeah, that's man. And, and not only that, you know, for our listeners that are listening, they're like, man, that sounds similar to that, but your, your path is so unique because you started in the strength and conditioning and then coaching in basketball. I noticed you were the national manager with lifetime fitness. And now you've obviously, you have your own company with uncommon competitor and you're working with all sorts of people. What led you down this path or to this desire of wanting to help create more leaders within organizations instead of followers? Yeah. So everyone in the world knows the feeling that uh, when you have to keep reminding someone to do something. And I think we've changed the definition over the last hundred years of what leaders actually are and should be Uh, leading someone, or if you define someone as a leader, it doesn't mean you tell them what to do and they do it. That's a great follower. And that's not leadership. Leadership is being independent. It's not having to be reminded. It has nothing to do with perfection, but it's being self-directed. And I think there's just an extreme pandemic in that space right now, not only with teams, but also with companies. When did, when did you first, I guess, start to notice that in, in your interactions or work? Like where that was missing a little bit or where that, that definition started to get skewed? Yeah, so I didn't know what my business looked like. Thanks for listening. You know, 11 years ago when I first started, it was just like, hey, people were telling me you need to teach what you know. And it was, it was a lot of different things because I got on a really weird learning journey. I was very fortunate to pay attention and take action on certain things. But um, I didn't really know that it was to build leaders, not followers up until a few years ago. So I was kind of just teaching what I knew in a broad perspective. And uh, it takes a while if you're an entrepreneur, if you're trying to find your purpose, it takes a while, but you have to spend a lot of intentional thought and you have to ask questions you've never asked before uh, and eliminate possibilities in order to really drill drill down into uh, the clarity in that space, 100%. And some of your work today, not only still working with companies, but working with with teams, I noticed that you've done some work with NBA and WNBA players. You've worked some different camps. How has, has those, have those experiences kind of growing up in the sports space, doing the strength and conditioning, still working with elite level athletes, helped you from a conversational or teaching point in the boardroom and with organizations and professionals? Yeah, great question, Jake. So it's very, very clear to me that everyone has the exact same human value. You, you know, you're working with a human being who just happens to play football or a human being who just happens to be CEO of a company. And I think we confuse each other and whether we change uh, our prescriptions or the way we communicate because it's a male, female or an executive or someone who makes this X amount of money, it's all, it's all smoke and mirrors. It, it's human value and everyone bleeds the same blood. And I think we do need to do a better job of treating people the same because there are unfair advantages in all of those spaces that can be applied and shared with everyone. Give me, give me an example of, of what some of those unfair advantages uh, could be for someone in the athletic setting as well as someone in perhaps the corporate setting. Yeah. Phenomenal question. So this changed my life. Uh, you've heard the verbiage, change your habit habits or change your dreams. Well, there's nothing more clear to me and I'm still learning. Hopefully I demonstrate that, but uh, the habits of an eight year old, who happens to play sports or not play sports should almost be identical to the same habits of a 45 year old executive of a company. And obviously there are differences. There are different habits, but you'd be surprised. Like they should both be writing in a gratitude journal every day, in my opinion. And again, they have their own packaging and the specific things that work for them, but there are things that cross over and we do a really poor job 
in society, in my opinion, of uh, rewarding, celebrating, having intentional conversations about those healthy habits that everyone at every age level and scenario needs to be demonstrating at a high level. Interesting. I, I like that. I like the fact that you know, the, some of the practices should be the same. Some of the, the focus areas, obviously an eight-year-old practicing sports, they're going to have a little bit different focus area, but some of those habits and processes should be the same. The gratitude journal, the, the importance of visualization of positive self-talk of, of commitment and discipline run the same where it's easy for us. Like you said, it's easy for us to just compartmentalize everyone and think, well, that's just something for athletes. That's just something yep. for uh, an entrepreneur. There's, there's no crossover there. Would, would you say starting to see those, um, those needs for the similarities, starting to see the need for more leadership development consistency in some of those practices has really compelled not only your work, but obviously the, the work behind your book as well. One day contracts. Oh yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks for highlighting that. Uh, all good. Like it, may, it makes me want to puke in my mouth. The number of uh, educational opportunities out there that involve you in playing it safe and you know, life rewards action. It changed my life. I, I got caught in the trap for probably seven years, Jake, just reading and learning and learning. It was so addicting and it was so fun. And I felt like I was actually doing something and it mattered and it did, but it prevented me from taking action in a lot of things that I should have and collaborating with other people at a high level. So I just kind of isolated myself and it, it did change my life, but I felt like I could be 99% more effective if I would have took action. And that's why I designed a book more of like a workbook or a, you know, a way to live versus a way just to read and learn because you never really learn anything, right? You know, this until it changes the way you live. And, uh, I was, you know, really intentional about that. Thanks for listening. Yeah. So one of the things I want to let's dive into that a little bit is it's easy for us to get caught in this habit of, of just reading, of just consuming all this information and never putting it into practice. Take us back to what was that pivotal pain point, turning point for you, where you finally got to the point where you were just like, I'm tired of reading, I've got to start doing, or I'm tired of just consuming, I have to start creating. What, what was that transition period like for you? Because a lot of people are not there yet, they're, they're still just in this consuming phase. And, and so maybe this conversation a little bit about how you got to that turning point could help create a spark with them. Yeah. So uh, again, this makes me want to throw up in my mouth and eat it. And again, the goal is when I say that the goal is to uh, feel the discomfort that I felt. So, uh, and hopefully relate and then take action, right. Um, competitive, healthy action. But one thing that changed my life was that you don't have to be desperate. You know, I don't have to wipe your bank account to zero. You don't have to be backed up against the wall to take action on things you need to take action on. And it can be, instead of desperation, it can be a form of determination that causes you to take action. And for me, it was more determination, I believe, because I, I learned and was exposed to some information from some people who are like, hey, reading books and learning is important, but it's not really the action that's needed, right, until you apply it. So I, I came across some people, I think it was maybe five, six years ago, and it just, the message kind of repeated itself. And that's what kind of kicked me into pants to be like, hey, stop learning so, so much. Keep, keep it on your, you know, your toolkit, but uh, let's, let's really uh, prioritize action. And, and what was, what did that first step look like for you? What was that first, uh, as always, the first step is usually the scariest, most nerve wracking. What was that first step? 
for you of transitioning and starting to take action. Do you remember that? Yeah, thanks for asking. It's so clear to me, and there's no exceptions to the rule in this case. I don't care what your scenario is, whoever's listening. Uh, you have to simplify everything in your life. It starts with personally and then really to professionally. So personally, th thanks for your patience. Literally, you go through all of your tangible items and you get rid of like one of every five things, no matter what. The average household's got like 300,000 items. And the reason why you do this initially to take more action professionally is you got to create more bandwidth so you can think about your work and your strengths and your non-strengths at a higher level. You just can't do that if you have all of these things floating around your house that require bandwidth to think about, store, take care of, manage. It's just, it's absolutely insane. It's so clear to me that's the first step is subtraction and simplification personally. Like literally get rid of everything you own, everything. And it would surprise you at how much you don't need. And it just frees you up to think about people more, uh, your professional skills more, everything, and then do the same thing professionally. So I got to go, thanks for your patience, go through all of my uh, information I've learned, computer files, everything, all of the, you know, my notes, everything. And you got to be very intentional. You got to stay up till two, three in the morning and do this stuff. And nobody in the world gives a rat's tail if you do or not, if you don't. And you have to do it. It has to be a priority. Subtraction, simplification first. And then it'll free you up to spend more intentional time and thought on the things that matter most moving forward. Okay, so let's, I want to dive into that a little bit more. And, and here's why. When I mentioned earlier for listeners about your unique work history getting to this point, one of the things I found interesting in your bio is about really the diversity of it and how multifaceted it is. But a lot of the things are all about adaptability. Uh, for instance, you competed for four different collegiate basketball coaches in four years. At the age of 21, you had four jobs simultaneously. You, you know, created successful business. You, you've taken 10 years to write a book because I would imagine, similar to myself, who's taken years to write that first book, there's a number of other factors and things going on in your life and you, you know, prioritizing those, prioritizing those four different jobs, prioritizing the work-life balance, as well as adapting to changes seem to be a consistent theme with you. And so I'm curious how you help people learn to be more flexible, uh, adaptable, I guess would be a great word in terms of going and dealing with what life throws at you while still maintaining focus toward an important goal. Yeah, great question. So again, everything is cyclical. So we're always working on the skills that you just suggested. Uh, and that has to come down, drilled through, prioritized through your, um, your habits. So uh, maybe one thing that I've learned to this point that I'm still learning again, I'm no, I don't walk in water. I don't, you know, I don't perfect, I haven't perfected anything in my life, but um, I think it's about, it's like your relationship with money. You got to have a better understanding by studying intentionally what that, what those skills are that never graduate or that will never become irrelevant. So Jeff Bezos taught me this right in Amazon, like identify the things that will never change and be really good at them. So whether it's communication, simple, simplicity, uh, value driven environments, uh, the ability to be present, which the majority of the world respectfully doesn't really help us with ever, ever. <laughs> it's embarrassing. And so it's like, okay, you just get cast out to the wolves every day and Hey, good luck, Jake, good luck. Like for real. And so you have to identify and spend some intentional thought, identify what will never change, those skill sets that will apply to a lot of different platforms that will help you navigate the transitions better in life and then get addicted to leveling up in those skills. I really believe that.
Okay. I love it. All right, Scott, before we start to wrap up, one of the things you we've talked about earlier today was the importance of a gratitude journal. And as we start the new year right now, uh, gratitude is a key piece. We know that people can succeed without it, but it makes for a pretty miserable experience, pretty miserable uh, success uh, rate at that point. Once you get there, you're, you're unsatisfied, you're unhappy. But if you learn to be grateful for the process and for the people in that process with you, it can completely change your life. In addition to writing down perhaps each morning something you're grateful for, what are some ways that you try to encourage people to live a more practical daily life of gratitude? Yeah, Jake, thanks for asking. So I will never waver with this, waver from this. Hopefully I demonstrate this at a high level. If there's anyone listening right now who don't think, don't think writing a gratitude journal is a big deal, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean I'm a better person. It just means that you haven't done your homework. Uh, it, it literally guarantees a 10% increase in happiness. That's 100% controllable if you write down what you're grateful for on a daily basis. You don't ever have to tell me any different. Hey, if I'm going to increase my happiness guaranteed literally 10% minimum, I'm going to do it every single day. Now, it doesn't mean I'm going to bat 1,000 and be perfect, but you don't have to show me any other studies. You don't have to show me any more research. Um, and then outside of that, here's a really powerful way to justify that, that of which I've found. Go to any work environment, any sports team. I don't care where you go. I don't care. Go to church. Go to anywhere you want. And just listen for like 30 minutes to how many people say please and thank you. It's so bad right now, Jake, that I'm actually coding sports teams and companies at how often anyone in their environment says please or thank you. Like, and I don't care. You can never, ever measure intentionality. So you don't know if it's fake, if it's real or whatever. You've got to get past that. You just got to say, hey, at least people are intentional about it and they're awake to it. And I'm telling you right now, like this is biting so many teams and companies in the butt because it's gotten to a point right now where we've lost our way in demonstrating the importance of gratitude because right where there's no gratitude, there's no joy. And if you have miserable employees, they're not going to perform at a high level because they don't even know where joy comes from and they're pursuing happiness, which is a whole nother 900-hour conversation in itself, which nobody's being taught anywhere in the world respectfully you might get lucky and it's just again it makes me want to throw up in my mouth there's so much work that needs to be done in that space and i'm telling you as a friend you you can't get by on a daily basis to keep your your radar up and your awareness up at a high level unless you reflect intentionally on your gratitude you just can't do it well and what i love most about what you just shared and what immediately popped in my head is how the interaction and experience of going for a chicken sandwich at Chick-fil-A is so much different than going into almost any other fast food restaurant. Yes, sir. And it, it's the simple as my pleasure. And you're like, what? Yeah. Like, thank you so much for, you know, the, the food. Oh, it's my pleasure. And like, that's how they're trained. And whether it's, it's a genuine, it's a reflex, you still get a very different experience from that person on your end whether they really meant like that's a truly a pleasure for them or not. And I honestly believe that for most of them and their staff, like they have a servant mindset. They have a servant leadership mindset. That's yeah, the type of people go, they go. look for, those are the type of people they train. That's what's created their experience. And it, it's no denying where that success has come from. Like it's a chicken, chicken sandwich. Everybody went nuts at Popeye's for the chicken sandwich over a week or two, but like Chick-fil-A has got the staying power. And so what you just shared about the importance of please and thank you and The little things, like when you go get coffee at Starbucks, talking to the barista, talking to the person checking out, saying thank you, saying please, like really can change someone else's experience within your workplace and outside of it. 
I agree. And that's why Chick-fil-A outperforms. Look at the literature. They outperform most restaurants in their space in a ridiculous number monetarily. It's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. I've, I've laughed about their franchise model about how it's like limited. You can only own like one or, or, or two Chick-fil-A's because people that own those stores that have that attitude would, would buy them up. But what they've done uniquely is they've helped train more leaders. You look at it like they're selling chicken sandwiches, but what they're doing is creating a culture that helps train more servant leadership and, and shares that attitude of, of gratitude for, for better lack of a word. So I love the fact that you hit that home and, and would challenge our listeners today to really dive into that, to, to start as simple as having a sticky note on your desk, in your car, that you just write down one thing that you're grateful for today to start building that habit. And you don't have to do 30 minutes of meditation. You don't have to write down a list of 50. You just have to start with one and, and just getting that ball rolling and moving. Scott, for someone listening that is intrigued by this conversation, that, that knows 2020 needs to be their year, that they, they've got to reframe a few things. You mentioned that your book, One Day Contracts, is a little bit different than a normal read in that it has activities. It has things to do throughout the book. Give us a quick pitch on it and what listeners can expect if they go on Amazon and pick that book up this year. Yeah, thanks for asking. And again, uh, you know, I'm just a vessel. The book's just a tool, right? So uh, I, I'm very proud of the product that I put out there because I believe it's very different. It's not for everyone. I don't, here's a, here's a very um, convicted, but hopefully I demonstrate humility with this statement. I don't believe in best-selling books. Um, I don't want to think like the masses. Uh, if we pay attention to what Mark Twain said respectfully, uh, the masses leads towards mediocrity. It, it scares me if um, we're following something that's best-selling or the majority of the world is drinking the Kool-Aid on it. I, I, don't, I don't know. I think we just need to step back and reflect in certain circumstances. And again, there, there's value in everything. There's some amazing books out there and things. And, you know, I'm no one to say mine's better than anyone else. All I'm saying is that my book's not for everyone. And it's a tool that will increase your ability to be accountable to the people that you're around in a very, very simple, strategic way. That's why there's 31 day contracts set up and it, it's, you can't just go sit at a Starbucks and put your feet up or at Barnes and Noble and read it in front of the fireplace or whatever. Like, no, it, you have to take action every single day. You can't hide. I love respectfully. it. I love it. Okay. So we're going to link to that book in the show notes. Uh, if you are up for that challenge, if you're ready to take action and, and start shifting up how you compete this year, I uh, highly want to recommend checking out Uncommon Competitor One Day Contracts. I think it could be a, a great addition for your bookshelf this year, but more importantly for your life. And just want to echo that fact that Scott, you just said, like, we live in this world like you can buy your way on a bestseller list. Like for those of us in the business space that, that have written books or writing books, like we understand there's ways to manipulate bestselling author and, and top lists. Like those can be, you know, manufactured for the most part, just like your social media following can. But what isn't manufactured yeah. is impact and growth and progress. And, and we actually, I just wrote a post the other day about the importance of caring about your progress and growth over your popularity. Like you can only choose one, like looking perfect and being popular or just getting better. And the best, the people that tend to be popular are focused on getting better. It's because the results speak for themselves because they're growing and, and have that mindset. And so I love hearing you echo that. I love hearing you talk about that. And I know it's encouraging to our listeners today. Scott, for people that want to get connected with you, want to follow your work, learn more about the speaking you do, the, the content you put out and, and about the work you create, where can we find you online? 
Jake, thanks so much for asking. I, want, I believe in real relationships. This is what I believe a real relationship reflects. Text me or call me on my cell phone, 248-217-9725. 248-217-9725. I give everyone my cell phone number. Hopefully, I'll never change that approach. And then I just hopefully hold myself and other people accountable to, hey, do this in the next 24 hours after you hear this. Because if it's a priority, if we've connected or if some of the things that we talked about today, Jake, resonated, be very intentional, right? Don't hit me up a month from now. Don't, don't you know, hold me accountable to hit you up a year from now or whatever. Let's, let's be really intentional about uh, continuing the conversation. And then it'll allow us to be more effective moving forward in the future. I, I used to have 2,200 contacts on my phone. And I used to think that was so cool. I felt so awesome and popular. It's a lie. I'm down to like 330, 80, 384 contacts now on my phone. But they're with, pe they're with people who you can count on who are very, very intentional about their relationships personally and professionally. It's changed my life. So thanks for, uh, I guess, honoring that request. And then I just, if I could say this, please, Jake. Yeah. Just honor to be on the podcast. I really, really appreciate what you do. Don't stop, you know, competing every day and, and doing the podcast. I think it's a really, really important thing. I appreciate that. No, it's been fun. And, and for anybody listening, uh, that's how we, Scott and I connected. I had shot him a Twitter DM from Compete, wanted to have him on the show. He sent his cell phone. I was like, wait a minute. I was fully expecting this automated response. And, and then we started exchanging text. So uh, he, he's a man of his word. He means what he says and, and uh, reiterate exactly what he said as well about his contacts of, of your circle and the people you spend time with and invest life with and build connections with greatly impact your life. Not only that, that gratitude, that perspective, but uh, your growth as well. Uh, also for anyone listening, we will link to Scott's website and Twitter as well. So follow him along. He's a great follow on there, uh, but shoot him a message as he shared his phone number on there. Get connected with this guy and definitely check out his book on Amazon as well. Scott, thanks for coming on the show this week. Jake, appreciate you so much. Keep competing every day, sir. Thanks again, competitors, for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast, your weekly home to cultivating the winning mindset necessary to excel in your work, your workouts, and your life. To connect with the show, learn more, visit CompeteEveryday.com. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. Visit CompeteEverydayPodcast.com to learn how you can get connected with other everyday competitors. Contact the show and find resources to help compete for your best life.